Welcome to Classic Firstborn Ministries. My name is Anthony Maynard, the pastor at Firstborn Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from 1998 entitled, I'm Glad I'm Not an Angel. This is continuing in our series entitled, Angels. This message is from our senior pastor, W.L. Maynard. We hope the Lord speaks to you during this message here today. Tempted and tried were oft made to wonder and why it should be thus all the day long while there are others living about us never molested though in the wrong when death has come and taken our loved ones it leaves our home so lonely and drear then do we wonder why others prosper Living so wicked to hear oh, and farther along we know all about it. I said farther along. The sunshine, oh, we'll understand it all oh, by and by. Oh, and when we see Jesus and He's coming in glory. When he comes from his home in the sky, then we shall meet him in that bright mansion. Oh, and we'll understand. Oh, all by 
and by let's stand and sing it together oh and farther verse again and when we see Jesus he's coming in glory for when he comes from his home in the sky oh then we shall meet that bright mansion and we'll understand it oh by and by hallelujah oh and father him together right now. I don't understand everything right now as I would like to understand it, but one of these days I am going to understand it all by and by. Praise God. Chris, it's good to see you today. God bless Chris Byes. And Chris was baptized about three weeks ago, Chris is the one that we've been praying for, and uh, we prayed for his wife, and we were privileged to baptize them at their home. Chris, it's so good to see you this morning. God bless you. We're glad that he's here, aren't we? Amen. 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 And we want Chris to know that we're praying for him in this time of, of 
sorrow in the loss of his wife. And God is going to be with you. He has been with you. And he will continue to be with you, Chris. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. But he's going to walk with you through this time. We're so glad that you're here as a part of this church. God bless you. Good to see each and every other person here with us this morning. Amen. And uh, I've mentioned before my friends Lonnie and Helen Lawrence. We have... Uh, in times past, you may be seated just for a moment if you'd like before we go to the reading of the Word of God. In times past, we have uh, talked about how that we grew up next door to these people. And I shall never forget the times that we spent in the pasture there on their horses. And uh, I remember one time we were out riding horses with, uh, with their children. And their, their children, they were avid horsemen they knew how, how to ride horses, and we were in avid horsemen. <laughs> and uh, one particular time I can remember, it was a very cold January day. The ground was very frozen, and uh, they had a daughter. They have a daughter named Tammy. And we were out riding, and Tammy says, let's just ride the horses bareback today. And I said, bareback? I have a hard enough time staying on the saddle. And so she convinced me that <clears throat> I was <clears throat> able to ride that horse. Well, after she got me on that horse, I got the Shetland pony and she got the big horse. And uh, she said, let's jump these ditches. And I said, no way, I'm not about to do that. And so this horse, I forget even what the name of the Shetland pony was, but um, it was stubborn and... Uh, he would not listen, and he knew that I didn't know how to make him listen. And so she jumped the ditch, and so she says, Come on, Wendell, uh, jump that ditch. And so I kicked that horse, and I said, Yeah, let's go. And that horse took off, and right at the time that it got at that ditch, that horse put on all four brakes that it had. And he put his head down, and I went right over the top of that horse on the ground. And I looked back and that horse just kind of was pawing the ground, like, I dare you to get on me again. <laughs> so we have some pleasant memories and some unpleasant memories. <laughs> Amen. God bless them for being here today. Amen. Now, if you'd stand with me, thank you. <laughs> I just had to tell that story. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody help me if you would. Let's turn in our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse number 1, down through verse number 9. We're going to continue part 2 of our Bible lesson that we began last week on angels. Now, next week, we're going to be uh, discussing the subject of angels one more time, and we're going to be talking about fallen angels and where they came from and what they became, all right? Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse number 1 down through verse number nine. Good to see all of our visitors that are here with us this morning. God bless you. We are privileged this morning to have uh, uh, preachers in a couple of different places. We have one preacher in from our church that is in Freeport. They have called and asked us to have uh, uh, somebody come and help full, fill the pulpit there. We have one preacher that is in um, Maringo, and they had called and they had asked a 
couple different people to come and to put on a children's ministry uh, presentation for them. And then tonight we're going to have another one of our preachers that is going to be in uh, Hanover, Illinois. So thank the Lord we are not only here, but we are in other areas in this section ministering. Uh, the Pentecostal Church of the Firstborn, it doesn't just minister here. It goes all over this district to be able to minister for the Lord. And everybody say amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1 down through verse number 9. Amen. I'll tell you what, just for the sake of saving some time, let's read verse number 6 and verse number 7. And the Bible says, And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, and he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. He maketh his ministers a flame of fire, and his angels are ministering spirits. Now turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 9. We will read down through verse number 13. Revelation 5, verse 9 down through verse number 13. And the word of the Lord reads this way. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands, and thousands of thousands. Everybody say, that's a whole lot saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And finally, one more passage of Scripture in Revelation chapter 14, and beginning at verse number 1. And John said, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could say, or could learn, rather, that song, but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. And everybody say, Amen. And everybody say, I'm glad I'm not an angel. Now, you might have just hurt yourself by saying that. <laughs> not really. I want to preach to us for a little while this morning on the subject, I'm glad I'm not an angel. Now, Lord, as we come to you this morning, I thank you for every song that was sang and all of the worship that was lifted up to you. I pray, God, that as we have read your word, that it would be more than just words that were read to us. But, Lord, that the power of the word of God would come uh, just straightforward to us and that it would just move us in the direction you want us to be moved in. Give us understanding and wisdom and insight today. Lord, let your will be done. Let the power of conviction move and touch every heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We've read three passages of Scripture here today, and they are dealing with the subject of angels. In Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 down through 13, 
the uh, Apostle John, he writes of a time when there was uh, seals that needed to be opened in a particular book. The Bible says that as John, he looked and he saw that there were, there were no one or there was no one to be able to open the seals that were there on that book. John sat down and he wept, the Bible says, until he could not weep anymore. And all of a sudden, there appeared before him an angel of God to be able to encourage him in his time of discouragement. That angel of God began to point out some things to John that John did not see. And he began to show him that what seemingly was impossible and what was impossible with man, it becomes a very real possibility with the Almighty God. And what this angel did is he pointed to the fact that there was a lamb that died upon the cross of Calvary, and because of that death of the lamb, on the cross of Calvary, that that book was able to be open, and because of all that that Lamb of God did there on the cross of Calvary, there would be men and women that would be able to arrive at the place called heaven, and they were going to sing a new song because they had been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And then in Revelation 14, verses 1 through 4, the Apostle John, he further expounds upon that song that is going to be sang. John, he looks and he sees on the other side of eternity. God gives John the privilege to be able to look past time. He looks, he gives him the privilege to look past the dispensations that we find ourselves in. And now he sees into eternity. And he looks and he sees into that time in eternity in that place called heaven, a group of men and women that have been saved by the power of the blood of the Lamb. And these men and these women, the Bible says, they begin to sing a new song that was written, and the only ones that could sing that song were the people that had been redeemed by that Lamb of God. The Bible says that there was the sound of harps or harpers that were there as well. Somebody said, is there going to be music in heaven? John said, not only is there going to be music in heaven, he said, they're warming up right now. The choir is getting ready. The musicians are getting all tuned up. And one of these days, when the roll is called up yonder and the church of God marches into that street in the place called heaven, that choir is going to begin to sing, and I want to be a part of that choir. How about you? Amen. The very fact that angels exist today, and there's a typo error on our uh, transparency. It says that they do not exist today. That's a typo. When you get your uh, handouts this morning, and we did make out some handouts for you, in case you're not able to get all of the notes, come up here and we'll give you a Bible handout on all of the scriptures that we're sharing here today. But the Bible says that angels do exist today, and they are present in our world. And the very fact that angels Angels are present in our world and that they are there, that it brings us to the place where we need to understand three questions that I put upon our transparency here this morning. First of all, we need to ask ourselves, who are the angels of God? The second thing that we need to ask is, where did these angels originate? And finally, the third thing that we need to ask ourselves and to have answered in order to get a good understanding of what angels are and what their purpose is, and that is, what is their purpose and what did they come here for or why did God send them? Let's talk about that for a few moments of time. Who or what are these angels? Angels are the created beings of God. 
Angels are not flesh and blood like you and I are. They do not bleed. They do not have skin like we have. But angels are supernatural beings or creatures of the Almighty God. They were made by God. Our text this morning, Hebrews 1 and 7, the Apostle Paul, he gives insight as to the angels. And he says, of the angels, God said, he makes his angels spirits, and he makes his ministers a flame of fire. The angels there, they are spirits that would go forth, and later on in our Bible lesson, we'll find that they are a, a supernatural entity, or they are a supernatural being that is there, that has been called by God, created by God, and sent by God to do the bidding of the Almighty God. And the word angel is taken from the Greek word angelos. And it simply means a divine messenger of God or someone that has been sent. An individual that would go and, and bear a message uh, as an ambassador or a minister that the Lord would send. At times in the Word of God, you'll find that the Bible refers to the ministry and specifically the pastors of the churches as angels of God. Now please do not misunderstand uh, what I'm saying this morning and, and please do not, uh, say, do not think that I'm saying that, that the pastors are, 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 are supernatural beings that are there, but at times the word angel has been and is ascribed to the pastors there of the churches. You'll read in Revelation 2 and 3, the Bible says that John wrote to the angel of the church of, and seven times that is recited again and again and again. And what John was saying is that God has given me a message to be able to give to the pastor or the messenger or the ambassador of God that has been set over the church. We'll not deal with that aspect this morning, but we want to deal with the aspect of angels, the ones that God created that are not flesh and blood, that are not human beings, okay? We want to speak of the angels as the supernatural creatures that God had made. The second question we need to ask ourselves is this. Where did the angels originate? Where did they come from? If they are here, and they are, well, how did they get here, and who brought them here? Angels were present at the creation of God. We read in the book of Job, chapter 38, in verse number 7, that when God created the heavens and the earth, that the angels of God were there and they clapped their hands and they shouted for joy because of seeing the power and the handiwork of the Almighty God. I believe if I would have been there, I would have raised my hands and I would have clapped my hands too. Can you imagine what it must have been like whenever they stood in the midst of nothing and God said, watch this angels, and all of a sudden God said, let there be, and boom, it was there. I would have stood and I would have clapped my hands as well. I've seen at times men that are able to be able to create beautiful things with their hands. Some of you that are here today, you have worked with your hands all of your life. And you're able to do miraculous and, and marvelous things with your hands and the ability that God has given you. I've seen some of the projects that some of you have worked on. I've seen some of the hobbies that, that, that you have been involved in. Some of the uh, tapestries that some of you ladies have sewn. But 
but nothing of that can even begin to compare with the magnificence and the power that is in the hands of the Almighty God. And if we would praise and we would congratulate men and women upon this earth, how much more would it have been that we would praise and clap our hands because of what God did there at the beginning of creation. Angels were present at that time and they shouted for joy at what God had done. In Psalms chapter 148, in verse number 2, we find that the angels were created by God. It said, Praise ye him, all his angels, amen, and then praise ye him, all his hosts. Verse number 5 in the same chapter says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. And so it links that creation to the ministers and to the angels and to the hosts of the Almighty God. God created the angels there at some time before the time of creation. Now there are two classes of angels that I can see in the Word of God. There are, first of all, the holy angels of God. The, the, the individuals that we would refer to as the angels of light are the righteous and the holy angels. But then there is another class of angels that we find in the Word of God also. And these are the fallen angels or the angels of darkness. You remember, the Apostle Paul writes about these angels. He said, marvel not that if Satan himself is able to transform himself into an angel of light. And what Paul was referring to was a class of angels that are fallen angels, that became demon spirits or became devils as we would know it today. And the chief of these angels, his name is Lucifer, and we'll talk about them next week. Then there are some facts about angels that I believe that we would need to understand. I bring some of them to you today. First of all, angels have the power to become visible to a human being. Some would say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, all you have to do is but do a casual reading of the Word of God. Not an in-depth study of the Word of God, but a casual reading of the Word of God. And you'll find that the Bible says that the angels have power to become visible. At times, angels would, would present themselves as men there before the men and the women of God. If you look in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 28, the Bible says that the angel of God came unto Mary. And the angel of God announced the birth of the Messiah to the mother of that Messiah whose name was Mary. And the Bible said that that angel said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among all women. And so it was an angel of God that was able to become visible before Mary that day that blessed her and told her, you're the woman that God has chosen and you're going to bear that baby that is going to be the Savior of the world. Thank God for that Savior. Amen? And then in John chapter 20 and verse number 11, it was after the time that Jesus Christ died and he was placed into the tomb. And later, three days later, the Bible says that they came to the tomb. And when Mary came to that tomb, Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. 
And the Bible says that as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into that sepulcher and there she saw two angels in white that were sitting inside of that tomb. The Bible declares that angels can at times have the power to become visible and to be able to show themselves to the men and the women that are here upon this earth and in this world. It could be that you have entertained an angel at some time in your life. Some of the things that you thought was a circumstance. Some of the things that you thought was really, oh, you know, it wasn't, it, it was just one of those things that happened. That time that Maybe someone came to your rescue and they helped you in a tower whenever you did not have anyone else to stand by you. And someone that you thought was a man or a person in this world, they helped you and then boom, they were gone. You never seen them before. You never seen them afterwards. But somehow they came and they became a strength to you at a low time in your life and gave you insight. It could be that that wasn't a man that that wasn't a human being it could be that the mighty God of heaven looked down as an angel I want you to go and touch them I want you to minister to them remember the Bible says that he maketh his angel spirits and they minister to the heirs of salvation according to the word of God at times angels are manifested in the form of man in the garden tomb, the angels were manifested as a man. In Matthew 28, verses 2 through 6, it says, When they came to that garden tomb, that they saw his raiment, and they saw his countenance, and they saw the, the, that he was, a, he was a male figure that was there. And then the Bible says that they had fear of him. I don't know what you think, but uh, uh, some of the angels that I've seen that uh, uh, they have uh, showed and, and they have little figurines of these angels uh, and they're of babies and they have wings and, and half of them are, are half naked. Uh, I don't really see that in the scripture. I don't see the angels as beautiful women with long flowing hair and with wings uh, as a feminine uh, uh, entity or as a feminine supernatural being. But I see them in the Word of God, always they are manifested as masculine creatures. Everywhere in the Word of God, it is spoken of angels as he or his or him in the Bible. All of the angels in the Word of God, when they name them, and there are only three angels that are named in the Word of God, they are always named masculine names. Angels were not called Jemima. Angels were not called Susan. Angels were not called Cynthia, although Cynthia is probably an angel according to Brother Juan. Amen? Angels were not called Angela. Angels were not called any of the names that we could think of that a woman would be called. But angels were called, no, they weren't called Tim either, all right? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And they weren't called Wendell either. But angels in the Word of God, they did have names, and three of them were named. The first one that we find, his name was Gabriel. Gabriel. Everybody say Gabriel. 
And we find Gabriel is mentioned in Daniel chapter 8 and verse number 16. It was Gabriel that came to Daniel and gave encouragement to Daniel in that day. It was Gabriel that came to Daniel and the Bible says that the Lord specifically said, Gabriel, you go to Daniel and you make him to understand the vision that he has seen. In this case, the angel imparted some kind of understanding. Now, keep in mind, if an angel ever comes and imparts something to you of understanding, it will always be in line with the Word of God. Let the church say amen. amen. There was a man by the name of Joseph Smith who lived in a time of great religious upheaval. And this man, he did not know which way to turn. And so he read the word of God in James 1 that said, If any man desires wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. This man, when he prayed, he said there was an angel that appeared to him. I believe that we could pray and angels could appear to us. But here's where the problem came in. He said that this angel's name was called Moroni or Morani. And when this angel came to him, it said there are more portions of the Word of God that are yet to be found. And he took him to a place where he said he discovered and uncovered a group of golden plates. And there he said that God imparted to him the words of understanding to be able to give unto all the people that were there. Well, later on, his wife did not believe him. She was skeptical. Oh, Emma Smith, she was skeptical. And she said, I don't believe you, Joe. She says, I'm going to take the writings that you've given, and then you rewrite them and retranslate them, then I'll believe it. All of a sudden, Mr. Smith had a revelation of convenience that God did not want him to reinterpret that, but God was going to give him another interpretation. I said that to declare to you that if an angel comes to where you're at, it is always going to be that that angel will come into alignment with the word of the Almighty God. Never will an angel of God speak contrary to the Word of God because the Bible is the final authority. And let the church say amen. Now angels at other times, they were called not only Gabriel, but they were also called Michael as well. Michael, everybody say Michael. Michael in the Word of God, we find that he was the archangel of God. We'll find in Jude chapter 1 and verse number 9, it was Michael that contended with the devil over the body of Moses. Michael, he was the warrior angel. Michael was the one that would stand and fight on behalf of the people of God that were there at that time. And then finally, there was one other angel that was there, and the Bible says that his name was Lucifer. In the Bible, we find Isaiah 14 and 12. He writes and he says, How art thou fallen, O Lucifer, O star of the morning? And so these are the only three angels that are named in the Word of God. Another fact of angels is this. Angels do not marry and angels do not die. In Luke chapter 20, it was Jesus that was speaking to a group of Sadducees. These men and these uh, individuals, they were contending and contesting about the resurrection. They did not believe in the resurrection. And so they begin to ask Jesus a question. 
and said, Lord, there was a man that had seven brothers. And this man took a wife and he married this woman. And he died not having raised up any children into his own name. Well, the Old Testament scripture said this, that if a man would die and he had a brother and the man did not have any children, that that brother was to take his wife and that he was to bear children for his brother in his brother's name. The problem was this. When the second man married that woman, he said that he died not having any children either. And then the third man, and he said this happened for seven men. I'd say that that woman was pretty rough on husbands, wouldn't you? <laughs> and finally, the last guy died. I can just see, you know, she's got all these tombstones in a row. Here they are, seven guys, wife of. I'd be awful careful about marrying that woman if I was the next guy in line. But anyway, the Bible says, here's the problem, Jesus. When this, when this woman dies, whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? A valid question. Jesus said, you do err not knowing the scriptures. He said, because when we arrive in that place called heaven, he said, the saints of God, they are as the angels of God because they neither marry nor are given in marriage. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, ma'am. Amen. When we get to heaven, there's not going to be any sweethearts in heaven, as the song says. Will there be sweethearts in heaven? Somebody said, will I know my wife? Will I know my husband? I believe you'll know your wife, and I believe you'll know your husband. Amen. But you'll not be married in that time. You say, but, but I, I had such a great time here while I was married. Uh, I can't bear that. Uh, friend, when you get over there, you'll be in a brand new dimension. Uh, and you won't worry about being married. You'll just be saying, thank God I made it. Thank God she made it. Uh, thank God we're here. I'm going to praise God for that. Amen. Another fact about angels is angels are innumerable. Hebrews 12 and 22, the Bible says, to an innumerable company of angels. The word innumerable, it means, it was taken from the Greek word murias. And it simply means a numberless amount. A numberless man, a, a numberless amount of angels that were there. So when we think of angels, they are numberless. There was a numberless host of angels that God has set forth there. Revelation 5 and 11 and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. And the beast and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands. Another thing about angels is that angels are subject to God. Psalms 103 and 19. The Lord hath prepared his throne in heavens and his kingdom ruleth over them all. Psalms 103 and 20. Bless the Lord, ye angels. Bless the Lord, ye angels, all ye hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. And finally in Psalms 91 and 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all of thy ways. Angels are subject to God. And everybody say amen. Angels possess power and might. They are supernatural creatures with supernatural power. In 2 Kings 19, the Bible says 
The, the angels of the Lord came and they smote a camp of Assyrians. And when the angel of God got done, there was 185,000 men, soldiers that were dead as a result of the hand of the angel. Acts 5 and 19. It was an angel of God. When man could not pick the, the lock and he could not get the key to open the door in that prison where Simon Peter was at, the angel of the Lord, under the direction of the Lord, he went into that prison and he opened up the prison door according to the word of God. In Acts 12 and 23, you'll remember when Herod stood and he gave a speech before all of the people. It was after Herod had taken the life of James before all of his countrymen that were there listening to him. And when he gave that speech, so powerful was that speech that all of the men and women stood and they said, he's a God. He speaks like a God. We better be careful that we give that which belongs to God, that we don't give that which belongs to God to a man or to a woman. I don't care how good they speak. I don't care how powerful they are. When they get done, we better not say, he spoke like God or like a God. We better say, look what God has done. It wasn't the man. It was God Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. And so Herod, and this needs to be a lesson to all of us, when you've witnessed and you've done well, when you've preached preachers and you've preached well, don't walk out of that pulpit and say, man, I did all right. Look at what I did. I was good, man. I was good. Oh, I was good. We better be careful because the Bible said when Herod did this, God heard that and immediately the angel of the Lord smote him and the Bible said that he died because what? came into his body and because he gave not God the glory angels possess supernatural power Amen. what are the different types of angels there are the cherubims everybody say cherubims in Genesis 3 and 24 the Bible said that he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden a cherubim with a flaming sword now throughout the Word of God you'll find cherubims as they are mentioned time and time and time again Interesting thing about the cherubims, the Bible says that these cherubims, there was, an, there was an image to the cherubims that was made out of gold. And this image of these cherubims, it was placed on the Ark of the Covenant. You'll remember the Ark of the Covenant had something on it that was called a mercy seat. And there was one angel on the one side of the mercy seat and one angel on the other side of the mercy seat. Both of them faced one another, and both of them looked towards that mercy seat. Why? They were looking there to what God was going to do about the sins of all Israel. Interesting, I read this morning a scripture that said that the presence of God and that God dwelleth between the cherubims. That spoke something to me this morning. And I begin to think, God, why did it say that the Lord dwells in the, in the midst or between the cherubims? I'll tell you why. Because it's the desire of God to be able to minister mercy and not wrath. Because it's the desire of God to save men and women and not to destroy them. And God said, I dwell in the midst and between the cherubims that were there. 
If you're here this morning and you've not experienced the mercy of God, I want you to know God's not out to destroy you. God's not out to kill you. God's not out to set you and to put you in a devil's hell. God wants to see you saved. God wants to see you redeemed. God wants to see you live forever in the place called heaven. Now what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Come on, somebody. I'm talking to somebody. Let me go on. The angel called seraphims also. It means the fiery or the burning one. Seraphims are mentioned in the Word of God. Isaiah 6, Isaiah saw the seraphims. Interesting thing about them, somebody said angels don't have wings. The Bible said they did. The Bible said that the angels, this seraphim, had six wings. Two of them covered his face. Two of them covered his feet. And two of them, the Bible said, that he flew with. Seraphim. And their purpose was to declare the holiness of God. You know what they did? Isaiah saw the seraphims of God before the throne of God. And they, you know what they said? They said, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. That's all their job was, was to go forth and to declare, our God is holy. Our God is righteous. Our God is a God of holiness and upstanding. And their purpose was this. They declared to the men and the women that would approach God, before you can ever be in the service of God, you've got to get under the holiness of God. You've got to have His fire purify you. You've got to have His anointing upon you because God is holy. There are three angels that are named, as I said. Let me talk about them just for a moment before we close this morning. First of all, Michael, the archangel. The archangel was a warring angel. He was the chief prince. His name means like unto God. He was a messenger of law and of judgment. We find him named five times in the scripture. I find nowhere in the Bible where there was any other archangel that is named. Archangel being the highest order or being the man that was in command or the individual, the angel that was in command there. He is named five times in the Word of God. Michael came to Daniel. And the Bible says that as he came, he said that, that uh, or rather as Daniel was praying to God for deliverance and for an answer, finally the angel of God came and said, I would have been here sooner. He said, but the prince of Persia hindered me. What he was saying was, there was a battle that was going on somewhere in the heavens. There was a battle going on between the angels of God and the angels of darkness. And that battle that took place, the angels of darkness didn't want that answer to the prayer to be given to Daniel. And Daniel prayed, he prayed, and he prayed. And finally the angel came. And he said, I'd have been here sooner. He said, but the prince of Persia, he was fighting with me. And he said, but then Michael, one of the chief priests, princes rather, he came and he helped me. And he said, we overcame them. I'm here to tell you that the angels of God will always overcome, overcome the angels of darkness. Amen. Daniel 12 and 1, the Bible says, and at that time and in that day, Michael shall stand up. Oh, brother. Hallelujah. You know what I take that to mean? You just sit down until God had all He wants. You've heard people say, don't make me get up. Anybody ever said that to your kids? 
Don't make me get up. I said, don't make me get up. But there's going to be a day, the Bible said, that God's going to get up and He's going to say, hey, Michael, stand up. And when Michael stands up, there's going to be a battle, amen, and Michael's going to have the job of giving, giving, uh, or, or going to where Lucifer was at. And he's going to say, Lucifer, we used to be partners. You fell. You became an angel of darkness. It's Michael that is going to go lay hold on, on Lucifer and he's going to cast him in the bottomless pit. I can't wait till Michael stands up. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Revelation 12 and 7. The Bible said there was war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Anybody that says that there's not a heavenly warfare that's going on, you've not read the Bible. Anybody that does not feel like that there's a a warfare, a battle going on between the angelic hosts of God and the demons that are here in this world. You've yet to read the Word of God. And brother, when we pray, I believe that God dispatches angels and the battle, it rages. When we pray, amen, God hears that. And God says, all right, angels, go to where they're at. All the power of prayer. We can't dispatch that angel, but we can pray to a God that has power over that angel and God can send them where they need to be and God can get the victory won. It's one of these days that the voice of the archangel is going to be heard when Paul said, he said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Paul said, he said this, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And he says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead, even so them also which sleep in Jesus shall God bring with him at that day. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You see, the day that that trumpet's going to sound, amen, could it be that that song's right? Gabriel, go blow that trumpet. I don't know who's going to blow the trumpet, but the Bible said there's going to be the voice of the archangel, and that angel's going to shout, amen, come on, children of God, it's time to go home. I want to be in tune. I want to have my ears opened up. I want to be listening when he calls the church of God home. Then we have the individual Gabriel. Gabriel means man of God or hero of God. Gabriel is named four times in the scripture. He is the messenger angel, remember? It was Gabriel that came to Daniel. And Gabriel was told of God, make this man to understand. Now don't misunderstand. Angels will never preach the gospel. Angels will never tell you how to get saved. Angels can't do it. You know the only ones who can do it? It is the redeemed of the Lord. It's the church of the living God that God has called to preach the gospel to men and women. It was Gabriel in Luke 1 and 19 that gave the announcement to Zacharias about the birth of John the Baptist. It was Gabriel that announced the, to Mary the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Gabriel. And then there's the third angel that is named. His name is Lucifer. And we're going to talk about him next week. Let's talk for a few moments. Amen. About what are the purpose of the angels. First of all, it's to praise and to worship the Lord. Hebrews 1 and 6, the Bible says, let all the angels of God worship Him. It's to minister to the people of God. Hebrews 1 and 14, the Bible says that He has sent them forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation. In 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah, he was chased out of town by Jezebel. And as he was chased out of town by Jezebel, the Bible says that Elijah sat alone in a place all by himself. And as he sat there, he said, God, just kill me. I want to die. You ever gotten to the place where you feel like, just let me die? You ever been so low that you felt like I had to reach up to be able to touch bottom? If so, you're in good company because there was a prophet whose name was Elijah was in that same situation. And in that day, the Bible says that God sent an angel to minister to Elijah. Elijah, the Bible says, was touched by that angel. Elijah, not only was he touched by that angel, but that angel cooked him up some food somehow. I don't know how he did it. He's an angel. He can, I guess, do whatever he wants because he has supernatural ability that's given to him by God. But he fed him there. Somebody said that that was the first angel food cake that had ever been eaten. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> but he ate and he went in the strength of that food for 40 days, the Bible says. You see, angels are sent by God to be able to help us. I read a story this last week. The story was about two young ladies, sisters. They had gone to the shopping mall. And as they went to the shopping mall, their father says, Now make sure that you get out of the store before the store closes. These girls, they got in there and they got to shopping and time got away from them. And before they knew it, the announcement came over the intercom. Shoppers, the store will be closing in five minutes. It's five minutes till ten right now. And they go, Oh no. And when they finally got checked out and they went to the door to be able to get out of the store, they had noticed that all of the cars were gone from the parking lot. There was a fear that began to grip their hearts and they remembered the words of their daddy. You need to leave before the store closes and you need to make sure that there are others around. Just common sense. And so when these girls felt like that the way was clear, they had discussed and they had agreed together, when we go out these doors, we'll run, I'll have the key ready, I'll open the door, and we'll get in that car, and we'll lock the doors very quickly. So they did. They got, in, they got out the door, they ran. As they ran, one of them turned to look behind them, and they saw four men running their way. Remember, 10 o'clock at night, in a parking lot, all by themselves. They reached the car. And she hurriedly put the key in the lock and turned it and popped. The lock came open and they were able to get in and lock the doors before the men had arrived. She heard one of them say, we've got them now, we've got them now. And as they circled the car, she put the key in the ignition and she turned the key in the ignition and nothing happened. 
They begin, to, they begin to cry out, oh no, now what do we do? God, please help us, God. The only thing they needed to do, they knew to do was to call out to the Lord and ask the Lord to give them strength and ask the Lord to give them help and ask the Lord somehow to supernaturally come where they were at. And when the men were just about to break the windows, she turned the key one more time, and the engine roared to a start. She dropped it in gear, burning rubber as she left that parking lot, driving home. And finally, when she arrived at home, she and her sister ran in the house, screaming and crying hysterically. And when their father finally got them calmed down and, uh, and they asked what happened, Dad, and they told him all the story, the car wouldn't start. And he said, that's funny. He said, that car has never done that before. And so he went out to try and check and see what the problem could have been. And when he raised the hood on the car, he looked and he found out why the car would not start. There was no battery in the car. Now you can explain it any way you want. But I believe that the book that says, amen, that the angels of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear Him, that day somebody had been praying and God heard those girls' prayer and God sent the angel, amen, and God made that which shouldn't have happened happen, amen, brother. God has got angels out there. They're not our servants. They're the servants of God. But God cares so much about you and so so much about me that when we pray at times he will send his angels and they will begin to minister to those that are there in need. Brother Arliss, you told me the story. Right after he had gotten in church, he received a phone call about 12 or 1 in the morning. He said he was laying on the couch and he said he picked up the phone and he had borrowed his car to his kids. And he said that, they said, Dad, the car won't start. Something wrong with the car. And he says, all right. He says, I'll, I'll come and I'll, I'll try and help you. He said about the time that he hung up, he said he looked in his kitchen and behind the refrigerator, he said there was a fire that was going up the wall. And he said, I ran in there and put the fire out just in time. And he said, no sooner had I gotten the fire out, the phone rang back at home. And they said, Dad, the car started. We don't need your help anymore. You can say what you want, friend. I believe an angel went to where that car was at and put his hand over the carburetor or the spark plugs and said, hey, wait a minute. This guy's got to get woke up. I could go myself, but I'll just put my hand on this car. He made long enough for him to get up and get out of danger. Brother, I'm here to tell you, we serve a mighty God. We serve a powerful God. We serve a God that cares about His people. Yeah. Hallelujah. I could go on this morning and talk about how the angels encouraged the child of God. For the Bible said that Paul stood on the top of that ship as a prisoner to the Roman men and women that were there and to the, to the emperor. And there as Paul stood in the midst of shipwreck, he said, I've come to tell you gentlemen that everything is going to be alright. For the God that I serve, he sent his angel this night 
And he said, he told me, abide in the ship. Brother, God cares about his people. God cares about you. You might have come in here this morning and said, my God doesn't care about me. That's a lie from hell. God cares about you. You say, but I've messed up. I've made him disappointed. He might be disappointed in you today, but God still loves you. There's still mercy. There's still kindness. There's still compassion. There's still a God that's reaching for you. Now, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I could talk about the angel as he listened to God as he calls out your name. You say, where'd you read that? Luke 12 and 8. Whosoever confesses me before men, him shall the Son of Man (laughs) confess before the angels of God. Every time you confess the Lord Jesus, oh, he's my savior. He's my redeemer. He's my master. He's my God. He is my everything. Amen. God says, hey, I heard that. I'm going to call your name. When you call the name of Jesus, Jesus calls the name of you. Amen. And he calls it before the angels of God. I wonder how many angels know your name today, friend. I wonder how many angels in heaven, amen, have heard the name of Schwamm. They've heard the name of Maynard. They've heard the name of Simmons. They've heard the name of Rutherford. They've heard the name of McKay. Brother, the Bible said God confesses us before His angels. Oh, what a powerful thought. But as all of these things, as great as they are, and as important as angels are, you can shut it off. As important as angels are, and as great as they are, and as powerful as they are, and as much as angels have seen, I've come back to what I started with this morning. And I've got to say, I'm glad I'm not an angel. Somebody said, that's the truth, you ain't no angel. No, I'm not talking about being nice and all that. I'm glad I'm not an angel of God. Here's why. Angels were created by God. But I was redeemed by God. (laughs) Hallelujah. They were created by God. But I was redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the Lord God Almighty. Angels, the Bible said, though they were created by God, they desire to look and do this salvation, the gospel with the Holy Ghost. Angels are called ministering spirits, but brother, I'm called the Son of the living God. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. I'm glad I'm not an angel. Angels announced the birth of the Messiah, but I experienced the new birth by the Messiah. Angels, though powerful and mighty, they will never reproduce themselves. They will never have a son. They will never have a daughter. They will never sire a child. But brother, you and I have the privilege to be able to have children and then to train them up in the way that they should go. Angels will never have that responsibility, but you and I as a child of God, we've had the privilege of having children and raising them to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, I'm glad I'm not an angel. Angels will never get sick. 
Amen. But they will neither never know the power of Isaiah 53 that says, With his stripes I am healed. Angels stand in the throne room of God, but I am talked about in the throne room of God. Hallelujah to God. Angels will never know the brokenness of tears, but neither shall they know a father who said in that day, I'm going to dry the tears from their eyes. I said, I'm glad I'm not an angel. I'm a child of the living God. Angels shall never taste the bitter experiences of death, but angels will never be able to say also, O death, where is thy sting? And O grave, where is thy victory? Angels sang and they shouted at the creation of God. Angels sang at the announcement of the Messiah's birth. Amen. But one day I will stand and sing on the other side a new song. And they say, it's a song that the angels cannot sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Thank God for the angels, but I'm glad. I'm not an angel. Would you stand this morning? I want to give opportunity this morning. And two times in the course of this message, the Spirit, the Spirit has bade me ask you a question. What are you going to do about it? Two times. Two times the Spirit has interrupted this message to ask you that question. What are you going to do about it? You see, now you've got the next move, sir. You've got the next move, man. God has already made his move. Angels will never save you. Angels will never be able to redeem you. Angels will not be responsible for you getting to the place called heaven. And you will never know the glory of Almighty God just by being touched by an angel. But what you need to do is be touched by the Almighty God. And the Spirit asks again, what are you going to do about it? Where are you at with the Lord this morning? Is your heart right with God? Have you made that calling and election sure? Have you found yourself in a place of deep down uh, despair? Have you found yourself in a place where you've discouraged yourself and you feel like you've discouraged everybody else and you've discouraged God? Well, if so, friend, I want you to know that can be turned around, but it's never going to be turned around unless you just... Make up your mind that I'm going to start right now. If you put it off till tomorrow, you put it off till next week, well, when I get everything together, you're never going to do it. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Amen. And the Spirit of the Lord would bid you come and put your trust in Him. You say, but preacher, pastor, I don't know what to do. If you'll come and you'll pray, the Holy Spirit will help you to know what to do. If you'll come and you'll pray and you'll ask God to forgive you of your sins, that's the first step. And the Lord will lead you in the rest of the way if you'll be willing. You say, but preacher, I've done that. And now I've grown out and I've grown away from the Lord. What do I do? You just got to go back to where you were and pick up where you left off and begin where you stopped. And if you'll do that, you'll find that the Lord will minister to you. And you'll do, you might even be surprised that he might even send an angel to be able to bear you up and to strengthen you. I want to pray for you right now while our heads are bowed. Father, I come to you this morning. I have preached what you have given me.
Lord, we have opened the Word of God. And Lord, we know that there is power in the Word of God. We know that there is, there is absolute authority there. And Lord, what, what stories will not do and what words of men will not do, we know the Word of God will do. You have chosen your Word to break down all of the barriers. You, you said in your Word that it breaks into pieces. You've chosen your Word to divide and separate. You've chosen your Word to redeem and to save men and women from their sins. And now this morning, I pray that men and women would respond to that word. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. While our heads are still bowed, I want to invite you. And I want to ask one more time. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Oh, then sings my soul, my Savior. Just sing that to the Lord one more time. If you're in your seat and you want to pray, go ahead and pray. Go ahead and talk to the Lord this morning.